The following podcast contains explicit language. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thank you for joining us at the Diesel Performance Podcast. I really want to just take a quick second here before we get started today and say thank you for all of the feedback we've gotten on Facebook through the comments and messages. Uh, We really appreciate it, guys. Keep them coming along. Uh, All of the ideas you have and the questions you ask, we try to respond to them as quick as we can, and we definitely appreciate your engagement with that. Yeah, please also uh, like our podcast and make sure you rate us. That's a big thing. Please rate us. Rate us and leave some comments on iTunes. On iTunes, absolutely. So today's podcast is built all around triples and twin turbo kits. Mostly we're going to focus today on the Duramax. Uh, We might hit a little bit on some of the other sides there, but we brought on a couple of experts, Jason Worley of WC Fab. Jason, it's your first time in the podcast. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you guys doing today? Well, we're doing great. You know, we got Nick over here with Duramax Sooner sitting with us, and we're going to talk uh, twins and triples with you, so we're very excited to have you guys on the show. Always a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Absolutely. Nick, returning guest, you've been here quite a few times. Uh, Jason, we've had uh, Shibby on our budget build episode. He works over at WC Fab for you. But yeah, I figured if we were going to talk about doing multiple turbos on a Duramax... Why not have multiple experts? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Go right to the source. <laughs> so, Jason, why don't you give us a little bit, of, a little bit of your background in diesel? Um. Well, my shop uh, started about five and a half, six years ago. About the same time I met Nick and started doing some work with him. Uh, Nick and I have been involved in a lot of projects together, a lot of big horsepower stuff and everything in between. Um, but we pretty much specialize here in high-performance fabrication and fabricated components for uh, all sorts of different diesel trucks. So definitely um, definitely got a lot of uh, experience with different turbo kits and different turbo setups and uh, how they function and what works best in a particular application. Excellent. Now, Nick, now you were on the podcast when we were talking about a towing setup. You'd recommended twins. Yeah, we've used... Worley's kits on a lot of different trucks. I mean, the twin turbo kit is a tough thing to beat. Um, of course, it requires a lot of fabricated parts. Uh, but once you once you get that right and you get it sealed up, it's mint. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think that's something that's come up a lot on the podcast is we've talked about drivability. We've talked a lot about twin turbos. And nowadays, I'm starting to see more and more some triple turbo kits trickle in. Now, Jason, you have triple turbos on your personal truck, no? Yeah, yeah, I've actually gone through a couple different versions of uh, triple setups on some of my personal trucks and uh, some customer trucks as well. What's your favorite? If we're talking about your favorite triple turbo setup, what's been the best one that's uh, worked for you? Um, I would say the one that's definitely grabbed the most attention, which triples are known for doing and perform the best, would be on my personal setup, uh, my 2002 Chevy, uh, one of my first diesel trucks. And... uh, that truck was uh, real close to about 1,200 horsepower on uh, Calibrated Powers Dyno last year. Uh, hasn't seen many changes over the last couple of years. It's kind of been put on the back burner with uh, the shop being so busy here. But it's definitely a blast to drive, and it's, uh, it's a pretty wicked setup. A lot of horsepower that you can hardly use on a street truck. <laughs> so, Jason, I mean, how are triple turbos different than twin turbos? A um, couple different main concepts i guess that separate them obviously the biggest one being you got a third turbocharger it's it's a lot more involved uh, requires a lot more space under the hood um, more fabrication components more fabrication time 
you got a third oil feed line and a third oil drain line. Um, some downfalls with the triples is because of that third turbocharger, you can sometimes see a little bit uh, higher oil temperatures because you have a third turbocharger in the mix. So they definitely have their, their place uh, where they work better um, compared to a, a compound setup. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's quite a few other differences when it comes to them, but they're definitely a setup more geared, geared more towards the uh, full-on competition truck or extreme horsepower, um, big dyno number type thing. It's, it's not really a practical setup for a, a daily driven truck. However, it can be used on daily driven trucks. We, we've, we've done triple setups on trucks that are daily driven or driven for fun, and it's, it's got the wow factor under the hood. Yeah, and it yeah. blew up quick. But, I mean, I think uh, it's a... They, they do have a lot more going on, no doubt about it. The Diesel Performance Podcast will return in just a moment, but first we want to talk about our sponsor, Calibrated Power Solutions of Marengo, Illinois. Calibrated Power Solutions is the home of DuramaxTuner.com and developers of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including, of course, the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, TDI, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. It's a, the wow factor is a big is a big part of the triple truck. I mean, it's you know, you go from a single turbocharger and you go to twins and you think twins compound turbos. There's a there's a big jump from going from a single to twins. Unquestionable. When you think triples, you know, my first gut reaction when I first got into this was triples. Holy shit, we got three stages of turbochargers. And really, that's not the case. You know, you go to triples, usually the triple is used in parallel in the primary circuit. So you have two turbochargers feeding one turbocharger. Okay. You know, where your your initial reaction might be one turbocharger feeding another, feeding another, which right. would be absolute insanity. <laughs> uh, so you have yeah, two low-pressure chargers. That's what a lot of people think. Yeah, so, so typically, you know, and like on Jason's personal truck, he's talking about, uh, two pri- two primary chargers feeding one secondary charger, um, and then yeah. in the motor. And maybe the, maybe this yeah, is a good idea. opportunity. Oh, I'm sorry, Jason. I was going to say maybe this is a good opportunity to back up a little bit. Let's talk about how twin kits work. So one charger feeds another charger. Can Nick? Can you walk us through a little bit? Like, what would you explain to somebody who is brand new to twins? How does yeah. this work? Yeah, I mean. Most most guys come from the gas side, right? So they're used to parallel turbochargers. There's two turbochargers working in parallel with each other, and they both feed the carburetor or feed the fuel injection unit. On a, on a compound diesel application, really what you're taking advantage of is you're improving the pressure ratio of the small turbocharger. So the more pressure you have in front on the compressor side of the turbocharger, generally the more efficient turbocharger works. Okay. So as, as single turbos go out of their efficiency range on a turbo diesel, you know, you're artificially in improving the atmosphere in front of that big single or that small single in a twin kit. Um, so really the the small tur- uh, the big turbocharger is just making it kind of like the kind of like you're going below sea level, okay. way, way below sea level. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so you run b- both turbochargers in their efficiency range instead of one turbocharger well beyond its efficiency range. Gotcha. And now, Jason, as triples, we were talking a little bit here, triples work on a similar concept is that correct yeah it's it's 
it's literally the same concept, except instead of having one large atmosphere turbo, you take that turbo and split it in two. Instead of having one big turbo with one big compressor and one big turbine wheel, you use two, in most cases, two uh, slightly smaller turbos with the idea behind that being those two smaller turbos are going to spool up um, a little bit quicker and overall flow more um, air pounds per minute worth of air to that high pressure stage. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind it is literally the same, just taking that atmosphere charger and using two instead of one. Yeah, and I think there's there's a there's a good reason to split that turbocharger up sometimes, and you know that it's important to identify when. And so right. if you have if you have a situation where you need an absolute shit ton of air, and they simply don't make one turbocharger big enough to supply it. Then two work better. Okay, right. <laughs> but I mean, nowadays with precision ninety ones and with these big S five hundred chargers, is that still a situation we run into where you need something more than a ninety one millimeter? I mean, are you asking a diesel guy if he needs more? <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. Yeah, I mean, there's that situation, and then there's also the packaging. You know, which you know jason touched on some of the on some of the downsides of having two primaries and that's oil temperature and more circuits um more opportunities for leak that kind of thing but in a situation where you have a tight engine bay you think about it, it might be easier to position two turbochargers small ones correct instead of one precision 91 or one 106 or 118 yep. or whatever the fuck you want to run yeah. right okay you get into those big big large frame atmosphere chargers and they yeah. could be just as hard as a package as as two smaller ones, if not harder. So, and that's think about the exhaust. Where sometimes the triples do work better when you don't have the room and it's easier to fit two smaller ones in there that may flow the exact same air as that one big one. Well, what were you saying about the exhaust? It, exactly like Jason said. I mean, it, and you know, on top of that, you got downpipe packaging, you got inlet packaging. Um, you know, it's about two packaging. Two air filters. Mm-hmm. How about how about install times? Like I'd imagine that neither one of these are are a level one <laughs> installation tack. Like please, if all you do is oil changes, you probably don't want to tackle if your first twin YouTube turbo mechanic. job by yourself. Yeah, YouTube mechanics. Yeah, these guys. You, you know, there's other places that you're going to be more efficient to start, right? As, as a newbie to working on your diesel. But if I take it to a shop and I'm trying to compare. Basic, uh High flow air intake install. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Jason, what is the difference if I'm looking at it labor wise? I mean, I, I understand you can't give me an exact quote, but doing triples, do I save any money on labor? Is it about the same amount of time for install? No, you're in most cases a, a triple turbo setup. I guess I'm going to back up a little bit. We we build a compound turbo setup that that literally is a bolt on kit that requires no welding, uh, very little. Um, and in some cases, no drilling, no tapping. I mean, we, we offer an oil pan with a bung already incorporated into it for the turbo drain. So, so literally, we offer a complete bolt-on kit that your average backyard mechanic with a good set of tools can install in a long weekend. Um, so those kits are really pretty straightforward and simple, and on a, on a level of 1 to 10, I'd probably rate them at about a, a 6 or 7 for install. Um, when you get into the triple turbo setups, you're generally dealing with a truck that's highly modified um, and isn't just getting a triple turbo kit installed. It's probably getting a built engine and built transmission and fuel system and all kinds of other goods at the same time. So it's definitely more labor-intensive and a lot more involved installing one of those kits, mainly because of the, the, the room constraints, and there's usually always a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. You're not taking a stock truck with an exhaust and tune and throwing a triple turbo kit on it. 
So <laughs> definitely more involved, um, more like a 10 out of 10 on a triple kit install versus <laughs> a basic compound turbo install. Okay, what about a big set of twins? I mean, I've seen some pretty big set of twins where I'm getting in and I'm doing a 4094 in the valley and an S500 over it or I'm doing a 67.7 in the valley. I mean, that's that's pretty technical. Yeah. That's not a bolt-on kit. What if we were comparing similar horsepower? So I I, I know we can make sure. 1,000 horsepower on an LBZ Duramax with a built motor, 150% injectors, dual CP3s, right? So that that's all of us supporting. So if we're just talking turbos and that's the only decision mm-hmm. I have to make as a customer... I can do a 67 the, uh, in the valley the and an S500, kit. or I could do triples. Where, where would I? Where would you recommend somebody to go? To go for like it, like for the install. Or I think what he's what he's getting at is if you're picking a thousand horsepower truck and you have the option between a, an S500 twin kit and you have the option between a triple kit, you know what's going to push you one way or the other. Correct. Um, I would say the three deciding factors would be cost. Um, the usage of the truck and really what the customer wants in the end because like we talked about earlier the triples really have a big wow factor there's there's not a lot of guys running around with triples and a lot of these diesel enthusiasts just want to have the coolest shit under their hood <laughs> so some guys want to spend the extra money and have the triples yeah, um, let's just the face triple it. turbo setups generally do cost more because you're buying a third turbocharger and there's more fabrication involved so cost is a big factor in it as well most of the time um some of these guys that want to have a thousand or twelve hundred horsepower truck and they they still want to manage to tow some heavier stuff in some cases the triples may spool a little bit quicker but with advancements in turbocharging the bigger twin applications are working just as well if not better especially with the development of the self 67 charger i mean you and you, you can literally build any model year duramax a thousand horsepower and still tow your weekend warrior trailer or your toy hauler camper out to the dunes or to the trails on the weekend with your thousand horsepower truck where five six years ago that was pretty tough to do because you had to use such a large turbocharger that wasn't quite designed for this application yeah let's just face it i mean if you're up against a decision well you should go uh twins or triples at the end of the day that's a great problem to have (laughs) it is it is it's beautiful yeah i mean I, i would say jason summed it up really well i mean if if the show if the show piece is worth the cash to you, you know, do the triples. Um, can you make just as much power at a thousand and have just as much drivability? I would say it's a it's a wash. You okay. know what I mean? They can both be tuned and set up and exhaust housing sized to the point where I would say you can expect similar performance out of out of both. But man, when you pop the hood on a set of triples, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I mean, for it, sure. it definitely a is. A prime example of that is, you know, we had a guy, a good customer of ours, show up about a year ago with with a brand new 2015 Chevy truck. You know, three, four thousand miles on the thing. Great guy, and he just he wanted to have triple turbos. You know, he he wanted it to be cool, and he got a brand new truck. It's lifted. It's a beautiful truck. I mean, that was more than half of his deciding factors. I want to have triples under the hood of this thing. We could have made a thousand horsepower with a different setup, but that particular truck. He just had to have triples on it. Gotta so, have it, man. Gotta you know, have that's it. That's what we offer those kids for, is those guys. I got to drive that truck, actually. Quarter mile. <laughs> Slowest quarter. No, I swear to God. Yeah, I got to drive it right around the corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah with you, actually. We went over to a car show, Nick. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, I got fine. to follow you in it. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally was. It was a quarter mile through a school zone. I, it is, was not a cool story. No, I agree. But it was a lot of fun. It really was. I mean, when you pop the hood, like we did, we took that to a car show, and it was an old guy car show, so it's all classic cars 
the newest thing there besides us was like a 57 <laughs> right like they're just they're all old super yes, cool guys yes and then we pop the hood and guys are just walking over like what the fuck is that <laughs> holy shit yeah. i think three people track. asked me is that from the factory <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I will hey, take your check. Work must be clean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that powder coated blaze factory. oranges from the factory. Exactly. <laughs> All right, um, Nick. What's the highest horsepower you've seen out of a compound kit? Twins. Uh, Duramax or Cummins? Duramax. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, our the highest one I've seen in the dyno is probably our race truck. You know, a twelve hundred horse. Um, yeah, Cummins uh, Cummins goes a little higher. You know, they seem to tolerate that drive pressure to boost ratio better. But uh, as far as the Duramax goes, you know, the 91 mil over the 67 is a pretty pretty solid setup. Um, we've got a, another kit uh, bigger than that, but we haven't hit on a dyno yet. So gotcha, Jason. How about you? What's the highest horsepower you've seen out of a set of triples? Um, it's it's tough to say because dynos vary so much. Um, I mean, there's guys out there throwing out some wild numbers, but, you know, we've had customers with triple setups, you know, not around here, other places in the country, and, you know, they might have dynoed 1,300, 1,400 horse or 1,500 horse, but in the end it really comes down to the dyno you're on and the type of correction factor and the elevation and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's definitely some, some trucks out there that are, that are over the 1,300 mark with, with, with triple setups. So nasty. I just fucking love it. He's just over here drooling. <laughs> it's just yeah. Is this even real? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I got to see uh, Michael Graves run from Holly Rock Customs. I could see him run out at Rudy's uh, when he had triples on his LBZ before it was breaking down. Um, he's, <laughs> man, you know, you guys know how it is. It's crazy. Yeah. Keeping a truck together, drag racing eighth miles over a thousand horse. You should be ready to do a lot of repair. It doesn't matter how hard you build it. You're going to beat it harder. Yeah, you get over that thousand. Hey, I'm going to interrupt power. you there and say we built. Quite a few thousand horsepower trucks, Nick and I, that uh, are pretty solid and reliable. But you get up over that 1100 mark, and you got to expect to be able to wrench on them every now and then. Yeah, yeah, it's it's every two years the number goes up. I think 100 horse or 200 horse. But <laughs> I mean, it used to be 800 horse was kind of like that's the safe the safeish ceiling. I mean, I th- I would feel comfortable putting a thousand horse truck together for a customer right now, but and, and telling them to drive it. Truck for a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like Katie's truck, but you know, you start to get. You start to get over that. You got other driveline issues, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is totally true. So, guys, so what we're going to do now is we're going to roll into a couple of scenarios, and we'll bounce back and forth. We'll ask uh, both of you to kind of give us your opinion on what you would recommend for these different customers. Danny's going to kick us off. He's got the first scenario to go through here. Uh, fire away, Danny. All right, let's just say that I got an 06 LBZ Duramax stock block. Uh, let's say 30% over injectors, a stock CP3. Got a shift kit a triple disc torque converter. I tow campers from California to Toronto for a living. This is my livelihood. The only thing that matters to me is fuel mileage and reliability. Um, fuel savings goes directly into my pocket. I never abuse my truck, but I live out of it. And from time to time, uh, you know, I, I get after it here and there, but I just, you know, most of the time it has 200,000 miles on it. And I, I just want to see, uh, you know where you guys would take me go ahead nick we'll we'll let you go first yeah yeah i mean you, you're a really good candidate for a for a stocker twin kit it's just uh especially towing all the time and changing elevation 
Um, if you appreciate the bottom end grunt that a twin kit provides, you know, the stocker twin kit is just really hard to beat. And we can tune the truck to, you know, a, a safe output that's going to have you good in the reli- reliability department. Um, if I was going to add anything else, I might say, you know, a 110 exhaust housing on the big turbocharger just to keep that thing really tight and moving a lot of air and, and responsive for you. Can you explain that to our listeners? We hear that term tight exhaust housing. I know what it means. Paul knows what it means. But people that are listening, they want to know what the heck that means. Yeah, yeah. So on the primary turbocharger, that is the the turbo that gets the exhaust gas last, the big one, um, you know, you can change the velocity that goes across the turbine on that turbocharger, and that's going to make it more or less responsive and uh, more or less restrictive on the top end. So as you tighten the housing, you get better response out of it, but you also kind of limit yourself on the top end in theory. Um, there's a 110 exhaust housing on the market that's fairly expensive. It's kind of a custom piece. Now that 110 is a tighter exhaust housing and that's going to make the truck more responsive. So when you're towing, you know, let's say you're at 2000 RPM and you're making 300 horsepower, you know, you might see um, 25 pounds of boost total. With the 110 housing, you probably see 10 or 11 pounds of boost or whatever. <laughs> 12 and 13 yeah. out of out of the turbos, respectively. You know, if you run the standard 132 housing, you might see that same 25 pounds of boost, but you'll see 5 pounds of boost out of the big turbo and 20 pounds of boost out of the small turbo, which means that the veins are more closed up on the small turbocharger, which means you have more exhaust gas pressure, more drive pressure, more heat, and uh, are working that small turbocharger harder. So splitting the load, you know, that's the whole theory behind twin turbo kits. So we can split the load, you're doing, you're doing your truck and yourself a favor. Jason, how about you? Uh, what do you have to suggest for this guy? Yeah, I mean, following off what Nick said there, I mean, general rule of thumb when, you, when you're running these, these compound kits is you're typically seeing about one-third of your pressure coming from that atmosphere turbo and two-thirds usually coming from that high-pressure turbo. But as far as your scenario application, I agree with Nick 100% that the compound S400 over stock kit, um, it's not only one of the most popular kits that we build here, um, but it, it's, it works for 95% of all diesel truck owners out there. I mean, you don't lose any spool up. You're still, you're still operating off that factory turbocharger in the valley. The truck literally drives and operates and spools up just as it would like a stock truck. And then, you know, come 1,800, 2,000 RPM, that second charger starts coming on and making a couple pounds, and, and then it turns into another truck um, <laughs> as far as power output and whatnot. So it, it really works so well, especially for the guys that are running the tow rigs like that. I mean, it's, it's hands down the best option. Um, you can set that thing up at 400 or 450 horsepower and tow the biggest hill with a 15,000-pound load and probably barely barely break 1,250 degrees. Yeah, I mean, you, you only have to watch your coolant temp gauge. Making you know? excessive drive pressure and temperatures through the roof at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Nick in that aspect, definitely, and... In these applications, when we have a customer call and, you know, they, they tell me that all they do is tow or they don't ever, you know, beat on their truck or they don't want to see some huge horsepower number or where the horsepower number isn't a big issue to them, they, those, those, those applications typically always get that tighter exhaust housing for the very reason it, it gets you in the, the range of the efficiency of that large turbocharger quicker and it's going to make the truck that much more responsive and, and run a little bit cooler as well. That is really awesome. I just have one question. Where do I sign? Yes. <laughs> Take yes. my money. Buy it. Buy it. Take George. it. 
that S-475 stock twin kit, I mean, it really is. It's huge in the towing world is, is what I'm seeing. I mean, they're great daily drivers. They're awesome if you're going to race. If, if you want an all-around truck, by far, I think that setup has come up, especially on this podcast, more than any other recommendation. Um, I do have another scenario for you guys here. Um, so we'll say I'm Ringo. I have an LML. That's my daily driver. It's all stock right now. I want to make insane power, and money doesn't matter. Uh, what is the most horsepower we can make? I will trailer it anywhere. I race. I sled pull. I Drivability is not really the biggest deal to me. It's new, but I kind of want it to be a trailer queen. Uh, I'd like to roll into dinos and just crush the competition. Just nobody <laughs> can it. hold the light next to me. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I, I have a big D sticker in the back of the window, too. I don't know if that's important for your recommendation. Uh, we let Nick go first You're last special. time. Jason, why don't we give you a crack at this guy? He's got all the money in the world, and all he wants to know is where do I sign? What do you want? What well, are you going to suggest uh, to him? We definitely don't mind these types of customers. They they come around every now and then, and they're fun to work with. Um, anything goes, and they usually will will take your advice and, and let you do what you want and use your imagination with these kind of projects. Um, we've had some projects like this in the past, and like I said, they're a lot of fun. Nick's been involved in them, and he's tuned them, and and uh, you know they. They make insane power, just like that. What you're asking for. I mean, a setup like this, um, this uh, this this guy would be wanting the wow factor, in my opinion, and would probably be something we would lean towards doing triples. And if uh, if he's willing to do it, you could even add some some spray into the mix. You know, we're more of a fuel only type uh, mentality. We a lot of our builds are typically fuel only. We don't never ever really mess with nitrous much but no fuck if you that. Really I want, want to number and the dyno competitions <laughs> and things like that the nitrous can definitely be helpful that's it man i want to win i'm ringo i want to win i want triples what what you kind of triples win. you want i'm win. mad at my money yeah i just want to win <laughs> yeah fuck it it's my money, money. Right? Yeah. yeah my money tree won't stop growing yeah um yeah shit a setup like that i mean you could uh you could put three s 400s on there um three big precisions I mean, you're talking moving several hundred pounds per minute of air, um, 100 plus, 125 plus pounds of boost, uh, big horsepower. I mean, you you could really get pretty out of hand with with a setup like that. The 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 possibilities are endless. It really all is. I mean, you could strip down that engine bay and get rid of so many things that aren't needed for uh, a truck that's not used for daily driven uh, usage. Something that's dedicated competition, dyno, track, and strip. And leaves a lot of room in the engine bay to to do what you want with. Okay. So, big triple setup would be the way to go in that route, I think. <clears throat> with right. drivability not being an issue, you could uh, you could put some pretty large turbochargers on that thing. <laughs> How much spray? <laughs> Save that for the oh, next boy. episode. <laughs> you could. You're gonna put the jizz on everything, man. <laughs> I, I'll, dude, I will just crank open the bottle and just. There will be no button. It will just spray. When All the truck right, is out, we're spraying. All right. All right. He's getting crazy Nick, with you, the nitrous. What do you got? What do you want to do? Yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta kind of divert to my uh, my ultimate callout challenge rig that we're working on right now with the with the triple S 500s. I mean, if you, if you're just gonna take the thing to dyno shootouts and use it as a competition only truck, um, fuck it, man. Go big. You know. Um, I like it. <laughs> you have my attention, sir. <laughs> like Jason said, you take the air conditioning out, take the heat, just clean out the whole passenger side of the engine bay. Don't need it. And uh, hood stack. That way you can fit your down pipes right up through the, or you fit your, your up pipes now <laughs> right up through the hood. Um, I mean, typically, it, yeah. uh, typically you don't have a fender liner in these applications. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't need it. No. no fender liner. Just just go crazy with it. Yeah. I mean, 
the sky's the limit. Triple S five hundred. There's a lot of guys out there that'd be happy to have one S five hundred as their atmosphere turbo, and, <laughs> and Nick's over here putting three S five hundreds under the hood of his Cummins. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> so let's hit on the let's hit on the call out challenge. We got a little tidbit here, Nick. I know you've been running a thread on Cummins forum about it, so it's not necessarily secret anymore. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Um, no, tell not. us a little bit. Get our, give our listeners some insight. Well, on Well, I mean, you put a you know you got these guys out in Northwest who are putting a. A show together called the Ultimate Callout Challenge, which is a dyno drag race and sled pull event, and uh, it's pretty much a run what you brung setup. Um, <laughs> hope you brought enough, right? <laughs> so they're at five thousand feet or so. So I figured, you know, we probably need a few extra cubic inches if we want to get the spool up back. I, you know, I'm all for drivability. So you know, we got a ten liter engine, ten point six liters, six hundred forty cubic inches, um, and a Cummins. Uh, 2011 with an S500 as the as the small charger and then two S500s as the primary chargers. I'm gonna puke. So <laughs> I'm gonna puke. So yeah, I mean we're talking about moving a moving a shit ton of air. That's that's the plan. And then just did you say a, a 10 liter engine? So we went from a 6.7 liter to a 10 liter. Is that correct? Yes, that is. <laughs> just yeah. four extra liters. <laughs> I hope that's enough. I'm, what's coming into my head right now is that SNL skit of more cowbell. Except somebody was in the other room, like no, 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 more S500 guys, more S500. <laughs> just banging on the S500s. Like. <laughs> There's no replacement for displacement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Now, Jason, now you're working on that truck as well, volume. right? Yeah, I mean, that's, on that. that's worthy working on that thing. I mean, how's it going down there? It's going good. We uh, we had about a full day and a half, I think, uh, building the custom exhaust manifold for it, being it's a larger displacement Cummins uh, coming out of a heavy-duty application. There's not exactly much available in the aftermarket world as far as exhaust manifolds or components for them. So we built a, a manifold from scratch a tube style uh, header from scratch to hold that primary charger with some bracing and the turbo kit's making some progress um i think nick might have posted a couple pictures on that thread on cummins forum there you could probably check it out uh but it's coming along got uh got three turbos all mounted in there and a little bit of piping left to do and we're going to connect that uh high pressure charger right to the intake manifold and probably spray some water in there to keep her cool and water Paul, water Calm down. We're spraying water, Paul. Weak. <laughs> you know what works better than water? Yeah, no nitrous on that one. <laughs> it's just more nitrous. <laughs> awesome. Danny, I think you got the next scenario for these guys. All right. Let's say I got an LB7, fully built um, stock right now, but, you know, I want to get to this point. I have uh, built trans and traction bars. I drag race on the weekends. Uh, about 10, 15 times a year. I work in construction and pull a trailer pretty regularly. I want something badass so I can show my friends and smoke Camaros and Mustangs and show them what's going on. And that, and that was fully built stock, gentlemen. <laughs> We're all familiar with this is an LB7. I, I got a fully, fully built, built stock, stock motor right, right now. I mean, I would, Look, I would laugh harder if I didn't hear this on the phone regularly. You know, hey, don't judge. It's fully built. Fully built stock. Right. Um, the term you hear all too often. <laughs> Let's see. I think Nick, you go first on this one. I mean, I'm just saying it will be fully built after you blow that shit up. <laughs> hey, because you're gonna, you're going to blow it up. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know this customer. He will blow his truck up. Um, yeah, I mean the the beating Camaros and Mustangs. All right, so we're looking at a yeah. a mid to low 12 second truck, which means we're looking at 700 horsepower. Which means, I mean, you're towing. You are an S5, you are an S400, 475 stocker twin kit candidate. Again, again, Danny, I'm sorry. It's, 
it's such a it's such a wide scope of coverage on that kit that it just it works, man. They I mean they run hard. Jason, how Probably about you? Explains why we can't keep those kits on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Jason? Same thing. Yeah, um, unfortunately, with the LB7 being the early model Duramax, they're not quite as as tough on the very bottom end of the engine, but. Considering you're going to be fully built stock, um, you'll probably have some rods in there. Um, because LBC 700 rods. is probably a little over the limit of the stock rods. But, yeah, a Stealth, uh, if you want to spend an extra couple bucks, the, the Stealth 64 Charger in the Valley. Yeah, um, maybe an S482 or 480-something. Absolutely rock. Yeah. It'd be a 7, 750 horsepower setup. Easy. That um, would have been my recommendation. Yeah, it would totally get the job done. Yeah. So I would have done 64 in the Valley and an S480 over it and call it a day. I mean, you're, you're yeah, using you got room to grow at that simple point. Simple kit, you yep. know what I mean? You're not spending a ton of extra money on a different kit. Um, yeah, I think it's an important point that you touch on. You know, it, read the customer. <laughs> in, yeah. in my in my case, you know, the, this guy is not going to stay at this level for very long. Um, he's going to probably hurt his truck, build it, and then want 900 horsepower. So we need to get him into a kit that has the potential to make 900. So an S480 or build it, you know, 484, 482, whatever. Yeah. Um, something that's 900 horse capable. Yeah. And Jason, the definitely got to feel the customer out and see what they're see what they're really in for and what their budget's like. Because, you know, a lot of customers call up and say they want 700 horse, but might not realize how much money it's going to take to get there. And that's a totally different turbo setup at 800 than what you get at 650. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's actually what I was just going to ask. When it comes to that, what kind of questions are you asking people? What's really important is you're helping people pick the right twin kit and getting them started. I mean, the biggest thing um, is not. Well, you always ask, you know, what did they got done to their truck so far? You know, where are they sitting now with it? Um, the, the the biggest question though is, do you have a horsepower goal in mind, or what are you using the truck for? And it, it's either A, going to be a daily driver and I tow and I want to go fast, or I put a 1,000 or 2,000 miles on this truck a year. It's my weekend toy. I don't care how it drives. I just want to have X amount of horsepower and beat my buddies. So finding out what the truck's used for is one of the most important things because that's going to help you determine what style turbo kit is going to work best for that application. And then, of course, uh, the budget. You know, does the, does the customer have a couple thousand to spend, or is the budget unlimited? That can also affect uh, which route you go on a turbo setup, pretty uh, indefinitely. So, those are the two most most important questions, or most uh, most often asked questions when a customer calls up and says they want to turn up their truck past the tune, exhaust, and transmission build. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, I got one last scenario for you guys. I'm going to throw a wrench in the gear, so it's not. We we had done a little bit of prep work, which is the most amount of prep work Danny have I, and I have ever done for the show. But um, I, I did a little bit of prep work. I, I'm going to change up our last scenario. So I do pull my bass boat and I do tow a little bit, but it's mostly just my weekend warrior. Uh, I definitely am looking for the wow factor. I want to get specific on a set of triples. So what should I be looking for? How much fuel do I need to go with it? Uh, we'll do Jason first. And what kind of truck is this? It's a LML. And what kind of or horsepower LML. are you looking for? LML, I'm looking for at least 800, but I'd like to be higher. Okay. And you want triples. I want and triples. And you want to have the wild factor of triples? Got to have it. Got to have it, huh? Got to have it. Well, I like it. I love it. I got to have it. I saw that you had one, and now I got to really have one. <laughs> you can't one up me. Triples are typically the more expensive route to go, but there there are some setups out there, and we've done some setups 
where guys do triples over the stock charger, believe it or not, and it's generally done for the wow factor. You could achieve the exact same thing with a compound over the stock charger, but the guy that wants to have triples but only make 750, 800 horse, you could do that with, with a factory charger or a slightly upgraded factory charger in the valley, and that's going to save you a couple bucks versus going to a full-on three fixed-vein turbos, um, three S300s or three S400s. So a setup like that, I mean, you could throw two generally common S364, S366 chargers for your two atmospheres and run, uh, you know, a, because you're still towing, a variable geometry turbo would work really well in the valley, or, again, something like the self-charger. Uh, it's got the robust uh, S400 center section, which obviously is going to withstand a lot of abuse and a lot of heat, um, but it's got a tighter exhaust housing and it's going to spool up really similar stock. So there's a couple different uh, variables, and I guess in a quote I would do for that situation, I would probably do a couple different kinds of quotes, uh, different turbo setups, and kind of explain the differences between each quote to the customer and let them decide from there, see what kind of questions arise from the two different types of quotes as far as there's so many different turbo options to go, you got to kind of narrow it down to which one works the best or which one is going to be the most cost-effective because uh, they can definitely range quite a bit in price. Right. Okay. Nick, how about you? Yeah, I think Worley's on, on track here. You know, you, you look at, you're looking for an airflow total. So, you know, you want to make 800 horsepower, you're going to figure out what your airflow is. If that's, you know, one S400 at 125 pounds a minute, or if that's two S300s at, you know, <laughs> 75 pounds a minute, right? whatever. Um, you know, you pick the ones you want to run. I mean, I've seen kits even with two S200s. Um, it packages very nicely. Right. Not quite the wow factor of two S300s. But, um, you know, they're out there. Um, you know, you can polish up uh, a couple of S364s or S366s and, and polish up the, uh, the intake tube. I mean, that thing would look, would look pretty badass. You're uh, really on this polishing kick here lately, Chief. You want the bling, all right? <laughs> I'm going to give you the bling. I'm going to spec the polish job. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I did say I wanted the wild factor. Plus, okay. Worley said he was going to open a polishing shop next to his powder coating shop. Oh, sweet. So we don't to... I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Worley it. for polishing. Yeah. <laughs> What's his personal email again? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Okay, but you're thinking S366s or S364s? I'd probably even go right smaller than that. I'd probably go S362. Really? Uh, probably the yeah, smallest S300 sure. you could pick. Yep. Okay. All right. And I think we've had a couple LMLs on the dyno with uh, with a factory charger in the valley make uh, about 725 and not even run too hot. I mean, that factory charger in the valley with, with an S400 or two S300 atmospheres, 750 is pretty attainable. So you wouldn't necessarily need to upgrade that valley charger. You could probably get the job done. Granted, it It'll run a little bit hot on the race tune, you know, wide open throttle, max effort. Uh, but you could certainly get the job done and save yourself probably about two grand and, and not even upgrade that Valley Charger and just put the two S300s or, or S2 larger S200s out there and, and achieve that 750, 775 number. So basically, you're telling Paul that he's going to go out fishing all day. He's going to take his boat to the river with triples on it, and he's still going to go home skunked. (laughs) Ah, ah, you have been fishing with me, I see. But he will have an exhaust break. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be pretty slick. Yeah, variable geometry turbo, exhaust break, be able to pop the hood, have triples, makes over 700 horse. I mean, that's 
it's not a bad option. It's a little bit more pricey than doing just a compound kit for the same results, right? Maybe a little bit better drivability or a little bit better EGT control. But still, like like we said, if I want to pop the hood and be the baddest fucker in the parking lot, that's probably the best way to do it. As long as it's a fishing parking lot and not a <laughs> Shad's diesel extravaganza. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. You're up against a couple of rangers, man. <laughs> <laughs> and... Winning is winning, sure the dude. Polished, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's Polish right. this you're shit. You're a damn Cubs. Oh, you're a Sox fan. That's why he's saying that. A win, a W is a W. That's right. That's right. Win is a win. All right. Um, guys, I really appreciate you both coming out today. Was there anything that we should have asked you when we're talking about Duramax twins and triples? I think the only thing you didn't really touch on is is wastegating or is controlling drive pressure. So we talked a lot about the compressor side. We talked a lot about moving air through the compressors, about keeping EGTs down. I mean, the big thing that goes through my mind when I'm specking a twin turbo kit or when I'm talking with Jason about what we're going to build for a customer is the turbine side. So, you know, we want to control drive pressure. We want to make sure that we maintain good spool up, but still allow for ventilation on drive pressure so we don't overspeed the thing. Um, so we don't blow gaskets. So we're not um, hurting turbine wheels or, or breaking shafts, that sort of stuff. So, I mean, the turbine side, the exhaust side of the of the turbochargers um, specifications there are just as important, if not more important, than the compressor side. Um, same with wastegating. You know, considering which wastegates to use, I prefer internal wastegates whenever possible. But you know, knowing when to use a wastegate, knowing when a, a variable geometry turbo is appropriate, when it's not enough. Um, so there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that goes into to specifying a twin kit and really the best way to learn is to get experience with it to put those gauges on see what's going on watch drive pressure watch egts watch boost on both circuits um there's just there's a lot going on it's, it takes a while to get your mind around it i hear you absolutely well that's good information thank you jason anything that we should have asked you today or something that we should have covered with you today that we missed um i think got it I covered it pretty well. I would agree with Nick on the wastegating. That's definitely a topic that comes up fairly often. Not so much when you're dealing with the S400 over stock uh, applications because you do have the variable geometry turbo, which in a way is acts, it, it, it acts as a wastegate. You're able to cut off the flow to the turbine or open up the flow to the turbine via the veins. So in those applications, you don't really ever talk about it. But when you're talking the 850, 950-plus horsepower applications, the bigger compound setups, generally no variable geometry turbos involved in those applications. Um, there's definitely a lot of talk about uh, wastegates and the sizing of the wastegates and even how they work. A lot of guys don't even understand exactly how they function or, or what makes them function or why you're using them. Uh, you can put very large turbines in those turbos to get them to flow the air that they need to, but the downfall to doing that is the drivability is going to suffer. So you can use a little bit smaller turbine or, let's say, a little bit tighter exhaust housing. It's going to help increase your drivability and spool up. But when you reach that peak number, your drive pressure could be creeping up on, you know, two-to-one ratio, which is not good. Uh, so you put a wastegate in that application, you can keep your drivability. That gate's going to open up when drive pressure uh, gets excessive, and it's going to level things out. It's going to allow um, a more reliable turbo setup and usually a little bit uh, larger peak uh, horsepower number as well. So the wastegates are definitely an important factor that uh, need to be talked about on any application that's, that's over the 900 horsepower mark, I would say, or anything that's involving a larger 
high pressure charger in the valley of the truck yeah yeah awesome good stuff so you know as far as stealing a piece of real estate out of our listeners brain if there's one thing to drive home to our listeners what would it be from this whole entire show today what's the most important thing you'd want to tell somebody I w- I didn't bring it up in the show today, but if you're doing a compound kit or you're doing a triple kit or you're doing something where you're running these insanely high boost numbers and insanely high drive pressure numbers, it is absolutely critical that you seal both sides of the system. You cannot have exhaust leaks and you cannot have leaks in the turbocharging circuit. If you do, it's all for naught. You Listen. lose your boost, you lose your EGTs, the whole fucking thing turns into a disaster. You're not selling me a hot side pipe, homie. It's, I'm you, not buying it. Fuck <laughs> off. It'll be fine. The boot will hold. <laughs> yeah, ceiling, ceiling is I agree gold. With Nick. It's gold. I mean, every truck that comes in here, and I know Nick's, Nick's uh, process is the same way. Any truck that goes in the dyno gets a boost test. You can chase your tail all day long with a boost leak. Um, a five pound leak at, at 25 PSI or a, a 30 or 40 pound leak at 80 psi it's it's very detrimental to how the truck drives how it operates um the smoke output the spool up it it can affect the tuning i mean nick could tune a truck all day long if it's got a boost leak it's going to run completely different when that boost leak's fixed so yeah not having boost leaks is a very very important thing and that's one thing you know we've been building these turbo kits for you know five plus years now and you know i'll I'll say we've, we've made plenty of changes since day one on our kits and a leak-free kit is the most important thing, um, having the O-ring seals and CNC um, flange fitment, uh, proper, proper boots um, as proper far as alignment. Yeah. Getting away from these angled boots and things like that. I mean, we, we don't use an angled boot, uh, you know, a 45-degree or 90-degree boot in any application on any truck. We, we don't even have those boots on our shelves. We use straight boots in every application whenever a boot is used. Um, they have a higher pressure rating and less chance of a, a boot getting a hole in it and leaking, less chance of that pipe blowing off. Um, yeah. It's all things we've learned over the years, whether we're testing with Nick on the dyno or a pulling truck or a drag truck or a 600-horsepower truck that does a lot of towing. Having a leak-free system is the most important. And, you know, if your truck's got drivability issues, it's, it's one of the first things you want to check other than is your air filter been cleaned in the last six months. Um, but definitely make sure you don't have boost leaks. Super important on a turbocharged truck. Awesome. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff to know. All right, well, guys, again, thank you. Uh, Jason Worley from WC Fab. How do people get a hold of you if they want to follow up? Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, Worley Custom Fabrication. Spell your name um, for us. Our website. W- What's that? Will you spell your name for us? It's spelled kind of different. Yeah, it's a bit different. Uh, believe me, I've seen it felt many ways. Um, <laughs> you can catch us on Facebook. It's uh, W-E-H-R-L-I, Custom Fabrication. Uh, give us a like on there. We're just about to hit 100,000 followers, so that's pretty cool. Damn. We're also on Instagram, Worley Custom Fabrication. Uh, website is wcfab.com. That's a pretty easy one. You can't mess that one up. <laughs> and uh, shop line here, we do have sales and tech support um, and place orders. Or if you got questions about getting worked on, the shop phone here is 630-277-8239. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us, uh, Jason. We really appreciate you coming on and your expertise on twins and triples. Nick, how about you? How do people follow up? DuramaxTuner.com, CalibratedPower.com, 815-568-7920. Press whichever number you need. 
2122. Okay. <laughs> We're always happy to help. That's not my extension. <laughs> this has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thank you very much for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920.